Hello and welcome to another episode of Scare Traducing, the horror movie podcast for horror movie virgins. I'm Callum McNabb. And I'm Gisela Martinez. And we are here with our second episode in our Universal Monsters series in which we are the horror movie virgins. We are going through a series of films that are classics in the genre that neither myself nor Gisela have seen. This is as I mentioned, episode two, we already spoke about Dracula last week. I wasn't sure whether episode two should be Spanish Dracula or Frankenstein. In the end, I think based on if you've listened to our previous episode, what our thoughts are on Dracula, it made sense. It was too much Dracula. To just, yeah, too much. It's starting with too much Dracula. So just moved on to Frankenstein. So we are here to speak about the... um the movie, as I've already mentioned, like now three times. Uh, I'm trying to think if anything horror related has happened since our last episode. I, in fact, yes, something has. For Valentine's Day, Hisella scared me shitless. I mean, it was it came from my heart. You bought me, or you? Yeah, you, I you got you this got, uh, Danny DeVito real size cardboard, cardboard card, card yeah. of Danny DeVito, and left it in our hall. When I was working in the front room and then called me and I walked into the hall and then all of a sudden there's just a man, as far as I could see, just standing in our hallway and I shit my pants almost. And I got a video of all that um, if you want to follow the me. The video I don't think is as good as how I felt. Like, it's funny, but you, I felt you, inside. Like, it took you like 15 minutes to put your high rate down. Like, no, but I mean, but I don't think that comes across in the video. Like I, like I go, I, you know, I go, oh fucking hell, whatever. But I, in my head, it was like the scariest thing. But I don't <laughs> think it's just a random man, just a random man in standing in the hall. <laughs> oh, that was great. But yeah, that's probably the most scary, like related subject in our life so far. Um, movies that we have seen that are scary. I think we haven't. Knock at the Cabin, which we'll be talking about in another episode. Okay. We saw that. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. And then we watched the the previous movie from that same director. Did we? No, no. What? What is the one? Oh, no, no. Sorry, I'm confusing. I'm bad with things. You're terrible. We watched with names. the House of the Devil. Yes. By Ty West. Yes. No, and we watched the other movie about the people that goes in the cult. Yeah, by Ty West. Yes. Yeah. We're going to be talking about all this on Knock at the Cabin. Oh, God. This so, yeah. But nothing to do with Frankenstein. I know, but, but that's we, yeah, we that was watched our, that. That was our horror. Uh, if you can recommend us anything that we should watch horror-related, very welcome. <laughs> like, uh, yes, we will watch anything. I think we there's nothing there, like at least for me, that I want to watch. Or, what do you mean, like, nothing? Inspire, like, oh, my God, I'm so into this kind of films right now. You know, like sometimes we're like, we're doing classics mm-hmm. like right now. Okay, fair enough. Apart from that, there's like, oh, whatever comes out. Like if, if there's something that we should watch because it's already there in a streaming service or whatever. Yeah, let us know. Please do. But... There's, there's sometimes like hiding James are like, oh yeah, I heard people say, talking about, but I never watch it. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh. Like that film, like the one about the cult, I loved it. And I was like, why the I never seen Yeah, That's why cold. I never seen this one? Yes, I... That was so good. Probably one of my faves. 
Okay. Again, we will talk about all this on Knock at the Cabin, which is going to be our other episode in February. As you know, we do two episodes a month now. Supposed to be on the 15th and at the end of the month. You'll already know that it's past the 15th, so this one is late. It's late for a number of reasons, and I can't really be bothered to delve into why. It's just late. It's just late. Yeah, we've got lives. (laughs) We've got (laughs) things going on. You know, we don't get paid for this. So anyway, Frankenstein. That's the movie we're here to talk about today from 1931. It is... Same year as the previous movie we talked about, Dracula. Dracula, Eight months later. Again, if you heard about... I mean, if you heard that podcast, like an episode, and we hate it. Right, okay, okay. I want to stop you right there. I... Because I've listened back to that episode. I listened back to all our episodes to try and see... It's not the best sound quality in the world, right? We just record it in our living room. We don't have fancy gear. But I always just like, you know, is there anything that I could try and do better? Whatever, blah, blah, blah. I was not a fan of Dracula. You were not a fan of Dracula. But I think you were slightly more forgiving just based on the idea of like, well, it's 1931. I haven't really seen many movies from 1931. So maybe. Exactly. Right. However, we've now seen Frankenstein, and I want to stop you before you go into it, because you've obviously, your your viewing of Frankenstein has impacted retroactively your thoughts yes. on Dracula, and we will get into that in a bit, but before we do, I wanted to ask you, is there anything about this movie you were aware of before watching it? Or the story of Frankenstein in it? Like, have you read the novel? I asked you this for Dracula. No, have you read uh, the novel? No, I okay. haven't read the novel. Um, I mean, it's an iconic monster. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know what's... I mean, no, probably not the plot, but I know the story is like this mad scientist wants to bring back to life some, like... Again, I didn't know it was put together with different parts. Different bodies put yes, together. Or I thought it was just a um, dead man. Yeah. It looks weird, like the head, like the iconic square. it's been sewn together from Yeah, but I never like wonder, like, oh, it's just just a monster, I don't know. And that comes back to life and that wanders around like, oh, like really slow, you know? (laughs) Uh, Again, this must be based on the cartoon story and then confirmed by that play that we saw in the West End in London. We saw a musical John, Frankenstein. John, John Frankenstein. The, 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 like, I've seen the movie. You've yeah. now seen it since the okay, movie. So, but at the time, you hadn't. And we so saw the live in that show. that one... Yeah. And based on my childhood and cartoons, I knew there was a, a, the, the Bride of Frankenstein, or I don't know. That like, is a movie that we have yet to watch. Okay. That's in this series. So... That's all I know about this. Like, okay. this is a monster. It's, like, quite slow. And somehow there's, like, a bride. At and, some point. And that's all I know. Okay. So, um, what was I going to say about Frankenstein or young Frankenstein or... Oh, okay. So, you talk about the monster being slow and uh, whatever. Yeah. I have never read the novel. But as far as I know, that's not the case in the novel. Okay. Like, Frankenstein has... A point of view. Sorry, not Frankenstein, because Frankenstein is the scientist. Yes, we all know. Thanks. The monster has a point of view and speaks and narrates certain passages in the novel. That's I could be wrong. I've never read it, but I'm sure somebody's told me that in the past. Like Mm -hmm. he has thoughts and feelings and 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 actively is the 
the narrator of certain parts of the story. Oh, okay. Like today I did the blah blah, blah whatever. Yeah. Probably not okay, as okay. basic as that. The movie obviously reduces him down to silent, like he just groans. He mm-hmm. is silent, he does not speak. Anyway, I am like you, I'd never seen Frankenstein, this movie. I'd never seen sorry, I never read the novel, and I was aware of Frankenstein from, like you say, Young Frankenstein, mm-hmm. which I love that movie so much. And then we saw the live show. And just cartoons as a child, same as you. Famously green, bolts in the neck, yeah. arms out, Scooby-Doo style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was my impression of Frankenstein. So I was like, right, what's this movie going to offer up? And I don't know if I should say it quite, quite so yet, because I do have context. Okay. I do have context. So let's go context, right? Context. Eight months after Dracula. Eight months. Not even a year. But same year. Same year, 1931. Okay. November 21st, 1931. Okay. My birthday. Well, there, you go, there you go. So several several decades before you were born, but on your birthday in 1931. And from what I could find out online, was an even bigger hit than Dracula. Oh. Um, I don't have a an exact figure. Some places say $12 million. I'm not entirely sure if that's like in its lifetime that's what's made or if that was no, in 1931 or if that was in 1931 in the States I have no yeah, way of knowing okay just know but it says 12 million and then I was just like what is 12 million in 1931 if it was today that's 236 million mm-hmm. so from what I can find out whether true or not it was a hit okay, Dracula yeah. was a hit and from what I understand Frankenstein was from, a bigger hit like how much budget was in this movie oh, you know? like a couple of couple of thousand okay then well I mean if 12 millions were made wh- whether in the first week it certainly made its money back it, yeah. yes exactly so so this movie was announced almost immediately after the success of dracula so it wasn't announced before like this is they used to just turn movies around like boom dracula comes out hit okay. eight months later it's in theaters okay from conception um now the rights again similar to dracula were not specifically bought from the novel. They were bought from a theatrical stage production from 1927 by a woman called Peggy Webling. And that is why, if you noticed at the start of the movie, Mary Shelley, who's the author of the novel, her name is not in the credits of this movie. It says, um, from the novel by Mrs. Percy B. Shelley, adapted from the play by Peggy Webling. Mm -hmm. Now, Percy B. Shelley... Mm -hmm was Mary Shelley's husband. And apparently, again, I've never read the book. I know about that drama. I do know. There's conspiracy as to how much he wrote of Uh the novel. Yeah. And how much did Mary Shelley actually write in the novel. Mm -hmm. I know the drama. So, I mean, do you have any insight? From what I understood, I I was just like, to me that sounds like a lot of like 18th century, sorry, 19th century, um, like misogyny and yes. ageism. I think she was a woman, and she was like what, like eighteen or something when she wrote the novel. Yeah, I th- and then they're like, oh, it must have been her husband. I, th- I think it's or I think she used the husband name to be able to publish, right? Something like that. There's a movie about that. Is there about the the, the her about her like about her life is or there? something like that? Oh wait, yeah, there is. It was quite recent. Yeah, it's, it was um, quite recent. Was Kristen Stewart not in that? No, no, no. No, it's no. not the girl from um, Sex Education. Which girl? The one that looks like Margot Robbie. No, was that not about... That, oh, maybe no. I'm confused about the other that movie. Was, yeah, that uh, was the about, other. Oh, my God. That was uh, the Austin. sisters. They all... No. No. Like, no. 
But one of the <laughs> one of the fucking sisters. What are the sisters? The famous sisters that wrote. The I know. Fucking what, hell, but, yeah. Okay, no, but no, but there the... is a movie about. There is a movie about Mary Shelley. Mary yes, Shelley. You're right. Yeah. There is. I haven't seen it. We should. Anyway. Maybe. But um, just I wasn't aware of this. But as I was like, oh, that's interesting. Her name's not in the credits. It's based on a play. But also, mm-hmm. it's her husband's name. That's weird. And then a part, there's a Wikipedia page on it. And, like, this is not a new conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Like, how much did he actually write? It seems that he wrote some of it. That's pretty much, as far as I could see, confirmed. But to me, when as soon as I heard that, I was just like, without doing any research. So if anyone is going to tell me I'm wrong, fine. Mm-hmm. I haven't done any research. But to me, it immediately hit my ears of like, oh, no, this is because it's like one of the most iconic novels of all time. And it was written by an 18-year-old, 19-year-old woman. And they're just like, similar to Shakespeare. Like, they're just like, he was from, again, I don't know how low class, again, but I know he wasn't from the upper echelons of class of English society at the time. And so therefore people are like, he couldn't possibly have written this. And this is a wild conspiracy. Which, uh, there's a movie about that, about that exact conspiracy, about Shakespeare. So, that was all, that struck me as interesting. The second thing that struck me as interesting, especially about the credits, do you remember this? No. The credits for The Monster? Oh, yeah, it's like, um... So it's got, like, Henry Frankenstein played by whoever, and this character played by whoever, and then it's got The Monster, dot, 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 and then... A question mark. Yeah, that, yeah. It doesn't have the name Boris Karloff. Mm-hmm. Just has a question mark. As if it's like, this monster's real. We don't know who it was. He just turned up on set. Or we actually brought a body of, or of made up of different parts back to life. And I was immediately like, that is great. I love that. That's so fucking silly. I would mm-hmm. love a horror movie. But you would never get that now. Because everyone would be like, no, my name goes in the credits. Like, I want people to know that I'm in it. Yeah. The only one that I can think of even remotely recently is like the Blair Witch Project in 1999 mm-hmm. where they put up like posters of the like these people have gone missing and it's like oh. the real names of the people Oh, okay. because they don't have character names yeah. in the film they just use their own names and then apparently um, their families were getting like texts and or, or, or like <laughs> oh I saw that your daughters went missing I'm so sorry or and she's like no she hasn't she's <laughs> like just in a movie yeah um, marketing very good marketing. It worked for the Blair Witch Project. It seems to have worked for Frankenstein back in 1931. So anyway, let's get... Speaking of Boris Karloff, who's not credited, as I say, at the start of the movie, let's talk about Boris Karloff because I thought a few interesting things about Boris Karloff. Okay. One, not originally meant to play the monster in this film. Okay. Bela Lugosi was. Vamp Dracula himself. Oh, okay. Okay. He was supposed to be um, tipped for the role and... Depending on what source you go with, either he turned it down mm-hmm. in what has been considered one of the worst decisions of any actor's career, mm-hmm. or he was just simply replaced because the initial script and the initial director were also replaced. Uh, mm-hmm. The original director was supposed to be Robert Florey. He was replaced by James Whale. James Whale sort of changed the script, so it seems that maybe James Whale just said, no, I don't want Bella Lugosi. Mm-hmm. And I want to make it. my own I thing. I want to make my yeah. own thing. So who knows? But there are also some people who say no, and that's a terrible decision because it was an even bigger hit than Dracula was. Anyway, Karloff gets the chance, steps in, completely changes his career uh, because he'd been doing like bit parts on the side at the time. He'd been working as like a truck driver and just doing odd jobs just to try and 
and then all of a sudden, boom, he's this in this huge hit and he's thrust into the limelight and wow. he's now a horror icon. Random aside about Boris Karloff, this is in the Universal Monsters box set that I've got. It's got a little book. I thought this was fascinating. In the, the It's got like a little information and trivia on all the films and all the stars. And what it says about Boris Karloff is this. This is an exact quote and I found this fascinating. His real name was William Henry Pratt and he was born in Dulwich, England in 1887, a short distance from the district terrorised by Jack the Ripper a few months later. Later. Oh, from Whitechapel? No, but he was born. Like, in my head, Jack the Ripper is so long ago. Like, it's so long ago. No, it's Victoria times. I know it is, but it just doesn't... You're like, this guy's on stage as uh, on screen as Frankenstein. He was born before Jack the Ripper was a thing. He died in 19... He died the same year that Apollo 11 landed on the moon. And he was born before Jack the Ripper. I know, I mean, we can watch movies about this kind of... This people, this period of time, so... Yeah, but for me, I know it's Victorian, but in my head, it's so much older. You're like, that's so long ago. They didn't have electricity, or you think they didn't have electricity. No, they do. (laughs) Wild. But I was just reading that going, what the fuck? Sometimes that happens to me because I think sometimes when you see movies, you just see how basic life was mm-hmm. and you immediately like discard like, oh, they didn't have anything. To me, all that says <laughs> is the the change in lifestyle and society and media throughout the 20th century was insane. Yeah. Insane. Like before Jack the Ripper and he died the same year we landed on the moon. Like, okay, he lived like 80 years or whatever, Boris Karloff. Like, he didn't die young. But you're just like, wait, that was one lifetime? Yeah. Like, that's one generation. That's one person. Fascinating. Anyway, back to Karloff. So, it seems that his breakout role as uh, the monster, it kind of, again, he becomes a horror icon, similar to Bela Lugosi. But differently from Lugosi, it appears from all accounts that he was quite happy being in that like, I'm going to be in horror movies. Yeah, I'm going to do. I'm Whereas to. Bella Lugosi, as we talked about, was quite like, I don't know about this. And we talked about, like, how much of an actor should you want to be typecast? Or not yeah. want it, but accept that you're typecast at the expense of being like, look, I don't want to be this one thing. But at the same time, it is successful. And how many people are never going to be successful? Boris Karloff, it seems, was more than happy to be like, I'm successful. I'm going to do yeah, it. Yeah, the difference is, like, probably... Like, he struggled to get jobs, one minute, and he's like, I'm paying my rent now. This was his 82nd film. Oh, wow. 82nd. Oh, wow. Before he hits it big. Like, he's just in little parts. Little parts. Like, like, the person selling the, the meal. Like, so, <laughs> like, f- one month after Frankenstein comes out, there's another movie, I can't remember the name of it. He plays the waiter, and he's, a, he's like, he's like eighth build. Yeah. And you're like, he's just been in the biggest movie of the year. Yeah, and then boom, so the next minute. Like, they had no idea that he was going to be a star. Yeah. They were just like, we get someone to play the monster. Yeah, wait to number one or seven. <laughs> yeah, he's not in the opening credits of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's it's not going to be a thing. Like, the, maybe the creature will be a thing, but this is not going to be, he's not going to be a star yeah. after this. Completely wrong. He's a huge well, that's, star. That's good. Good for him. Yeah. Um, he goes on to play Frankenstein monster on two more occasions. Bride of Frankenstein, which we will discuss because okay. it's in the box set. And a Son of Frankenstein, which we won't because it's not. <laughs> not in the box set that I've got. Okay. So then who else is involved in this this film that's important? James Whale, the director, very important man. Okay. Born in I... Dudley in 1889. His interest in show business, again, talking about Jack the Ripper, 
this isn't Jack the Ripper, but again, just as wild, his interest in show business begins during World War I when he's held as a prisoner of war in a German camp and he begins to get involved in like amateur theatrical productions in the camp. And then World War I ends and he's like, ah, I kind of like doing those acting things and, and directing whatever. Maybe I'm going to be an actor-director. And then he goes on to be a huge director of things like Frankenstein, The Invisible Man, which we will be discussing because it's in the box set. Bride of Frankenstein, which we will be discussing. Like, huge career. Okay. Or relatively huge, anyway, because comes to an end early because he was an openly gay man in the 1920s and 30s. Oh. Now, I think that's pretty wild. Like, we all know Hollywood has this history of, uh, you know, closeted people or whatever. From what I could see online, James Whale was not closeted. Mm. Like, anyone who knew him, he was like, yeah, openly gay and in a relationship. He, or some people have theorised that maybe that was the reason his career sort of comes to an end quite quickly, despite the fact that he gets a decent string of hits. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, again, I'm, I didn't really know much about his work before looking into this. He dies in 1957. And since then, it's become common for film historians to revisit his work in regards to homosexual themes that may exist within his work at mm-hmm. the time particularly Bride of Frankenstein. Oh. Now, I didn't want to Google it too much because I've not seen Bride of Frankenstein and I don't want spoilers for a movie that is fucking almost well, 100 years old. now you're telling me I'm going to be like, where's the But that's what I mean. Things. That's what I want us to keep an eye on because I was like, is there any in Frankenstein? But every time no, you get... but you should have just keep it to you and then me being like, that's quite gay. And they're like, oh, I didn't say anything. You know, like... Maybe. We should have had this two points Oh, of well, view. I do apologize. Oh. Oh, well, but apparently it's quite this. common now for people to be like, that's quite a camp movie mm-hmm. um, for its time. Because I, I was Googling like homosexual themes in Frankenstein and every link is just Bride of Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, Bride okay. of Frankenstein. And you're like, no, not Bride of Frankenstein, the original Frankenstein. Um, so I, I didn't actually end up doing too much digging. Okay. But also, as I say, he directed The Invisible Man, which we will be watching before oh, Bride well, of Frankenstein. Oh, we watched it already. Exactly, but I, I don't remember movie. it. That was really good. I remember thinking it was quite good as well. Yeah. That's the only one that we've seen in this series. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll now be able to rewatch it and be like, okay, is there any homosexuality in here or or, or, or hidden themes or whatever? Who knows? Um, I don't remember them at the I time. Don't, I don't remember, yeah. But hey, who knows? So he directs, that. I think that's the fourth film we're going to be watching. This is the second. I think Invisible Man is four. Brady Frankenstein is five, I think. Okay. Anyway, right, so we might as well get on to the movie, which starts in a way, we've talked about the credits, before the credits, mm-hmm. I, I, an opening that I just adore. Oh, you, yes. It begins with a prologue from actor Edward Van Sloan, who plays Dr. Waldman in this film, and he comes onto the stage, he comes out from behind a curtain, onto a stage in front of the camera, And he offers up a caution to the audience Mm -hmm. about the film they're about to watch. How do you do? Mr. Carl Emily feels it would be a little unkind to present this picture without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, 
life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now is your chance to, uh, well, we've warned you. So following our Dracula, if you listen to our Dracula episode, you'll have, and you follow us on Instagram and whatever, you'll have seen that I posted an image on Instagram that I made up about, quote, horror connections about some films we talked about. Like, how do we get from Dracula to here to here and round in a circle and we end up with the Babadook? And I was trying to think, I want to do that for Frankenstein. So mm-hmm. what do I do? Do I do zombies? Do I do mad scientists? What do I do? As soon as he steps out on stage, Edward Dan Sloan, and offers up mm-hmm. that message, I'm like, immediately, this is it. This is the connection that horror runs through horror history. And how does it change yeah. over time? And I've came up with three other examples that sort of follow in those lines. So it's okay. it's warning the audience, but also like a dare to the audience. Like, can you watch this? Can oh, you stomach okay. it? So my three are, number one, a film I've not seen, but I was aware of, Chamber of Horrors from 1966. Okay. Okay. The reason I was aware of it is because it has a gimmick, which is a fear flasher and a horror horn, which is before any graphic moment in the film, the screen will flash red and it'll go like, to let you know something bad's about to happen and you can look away. Ladies and gentlemen, the motion picture you're about to see contains scenes so terrifying, the public must be given grave warning. Therefore, the management has instituted visual and audible warning at the beginning of each of the four supreme fright points. The fear flasher is the visual warning. is the audible warning. Turn away when you see the fear flasher. Close your eyes when you hear the horror horn. It's such a silly gimmick, but I love it. I would wish a horror movie today would just do it. That's so funny. It's so good. The horror horn. So you're like, you're like, okay, you're preparing yourself. As soon as it flashes on screen, you're like, do you look away? They've already told you. They've cautioned yeah. you. But do you do you now watch and yeah. see what happens? Okay. And then obviously it's 1966. It's not that graphic at all. Like, But it's funny. Much more graphically, however, is from 1972. The Last House on the Left, which I have on DVD and presumably you've never seen. No, i never seen it. It is Wes Craven's directorial debut. Now, the caution slash warning slash dare isn't actually in the film it was in the promotional campaign in the trailer and on the poster so the tagline for the movie it's used in the trailer it's on the poster very famously was to avoid fainting keep repeating to yourself it's only a movie only a movie only a movie only a movie last house on the left To avoid fainting, keep repeating, it's only a movie, only a movie, only a movie. And I can see why, because that movie is, it's a rape revenge movie and it's really fucking graphic. Okay. So 
But again, you hear that tagline and you're like, I kind of want to watch that movie now. Like, yeah. they're gonna, they think I'm going to faint? I guess I have like, to see I'm it. So Am I going to faint? Like, yeah, like now the cu- curios- curiosity The curiosity killed there. the cat, but the curiosity yeah. is there. Brilliant. Love it. So we've, uh, so we've got 1931, 1966, Chamber of Horrors, 1972, Last House of the Left, and then finally 2008, a film which I am convinced you have seen, Cloverfield, the okay. monster movie. Yeah, I don't even remember how it starts. No, it's not. Again, we've got one that starts with a warning, okay. one that has like a warning in the movie, yeah. like the fear flasher, one that has a warning in the trailer and on the poster, and then Cloverfield's warning doesn't even come from the movie itself it was cinema chains that were given the warning okay do you not remember this no. it was a huge news thing at the time was that cinema chains across the globe i think particularly in the u.s but I, I, as far as i'm aware they were happening across the globe was they would put like um warning messages mm-hmm. in the cinema and just and it would just say something like um just be aware audience should be aware that the filming style of this film has made viewers experience side effects similar to riding a roller coaster. Like some people are going to be nauseous, some people are going to be sick. Okay. Because the movie's handheld and it's like a lot of running and shaking around. And apparently people felt sick afterwards or got headaches or whatever. And so cinemas around the world were putting up these warnings. Cloverfield is a monster movie for the YouTube generation. Approximately seven hours ago, uh, something attacked the city. It's told from the point of view of a party-goer's handheld video camera. It looks like you're you're watching through the victim's eyes and stuff, and I think that's great. This gimmick makes for a herky-jerky viewing experience. Hey, we cannot go into the middle of the city! Media outlets have reported the film is making some viewers feel dizzy and nauseated. Some theaters have reportedly even posted warning signs. And I remember that being a huge news story at the time. And you're just watching it going, fucking AC Cloverfield. Like, everybody wanted to see it anyway, because it was like such a secret what the movie... Some people thought it was a war movie. Some people thought it was about terrorism. Some people were like, it's an alien movie. Nobody knew what it was. Until you saw, but also people were like, and also cinemas are saying you might be sick. And yeah. you're like, how can a film make me sick? Like, what the, f- I need to go and see yeah. it now. I, th- I think the only experience that I had something like that, um, it was with Raw. One, like, obviously, it wasn't like on BBC or CNN. That, Julia DeCorno's Raw. Yeah, yeah but it was... In the internet, like, all oh, people has been people fainted, fainted yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, And what made me be like, oh, that, that was the first time that I was asked to be able to purchase my ticket, my ID. And I was like, what? Wait, what? Yes. I what was, happened when you went to the cinema when you were, like, 14 or 15? I, I Did don't you know. Did you just never go and see horror films? I don't, I don't know the rates in Mexico. I went to Mexico. It was like it was eleven. Mexico, yeah. I, it was eleven a.m. Yeah. and I went and I went to watch that movie by myself. And I was like, "I take it for rock and I see your ID." Yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Okay, there you go." And I was like, "What the fuck?" That's the only movie that I remember getting asked for my ID. Oh, we used to get asked for ID all the time. And that freaked me out because I, for example, which film were you asked for? Because well, maybe the we, ratings so are different. So, for example, the ratings so. here in the UK are U, PG, 12A, but, uh-huh, 15, oh, 18. Something about 18. 15 and 18, yeah. Okay, do you get asked on that one? If you look under 18, you will be okay, asked. Okay, which movie will you say that it's that? Like, do you remember being asked? So that's what I'm saying. So when we were kids, when we were like 
13 and 14, we uh-huh. would try and sneak into 15, like, we would try and sneak into, like, Scary Movie or something, because it was a 15, mm-hmm. or Scary Movie 4. But you're, we were only, like, 13 at the time. Okay. And so you would go to the cinema. And because you were, like, but we didn't have IDs, we yeah. didn't have driver's licenses, what you would what you would get told is, like, they would ask you your date of birth. Mm-hmm. They would ask you, and so you'd practice your date of birth on the way in on the train. <laughs> And then you'd freak out. And sometimes you'd freak out or get it wrong or you'd say one and they go, wait, so that means you're like, you're like a year older than him and he's, he looks clearly way older than you uh-huh. and you're like, fuck. I remember, um, I cannot remember the film, but I remember one day I was doing a paper round and a bunch of friends I was going to see a movie with, they said, oh, we're going in. And I was like, well, I'm doing a paper round. Can I meet you? And they were like, no, we're going now. And I was like, well, I'm not going to make it. Fine. Mm-hmm. And then, Half an hour, 40 minutes later, I get a, a, a text or a phone call on my mobile and it's just, uh, we're actually, we're now going to see School of Rock, which is a 12, uh, because we didn't get into the 15. Like somebody said the wrong date of birth and it meant they were underage. So they were like, why would I let you in? Like, you just told me you're 14. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, I can make it. And that's how I went and saw well, School of Rock. Yeah. I mean, I do get it, but. I but we mean, used to get I, asked that all the time. I know, but when I went to see Raw. Yeah. I mean, I was almost like I was 27, 28. Yeah, so Raw's an 18 here in the UK. Okay, but yeah, okay. I don't know enough. what it is in Mexico, but, but it's an 18 here. Oh, well, it's an R. Yeah, what's we, an R in we Mexico? We have like R, like letters. Right, but in like, America. Like, like R's are like, in, you know, when you get the trailers, mm-hmm. well, that one's red and has mm-hmm. an R. Right, but in America, R is 17 and over. Uh-huh. But if you're under 17, you can get in with an adult. Okay. In in the UK, eighteen is eighteen. You cannot get in with an with an adult. Okay. If you're under eighteen, you can't get in. Well, I don't know. I mean, again, I was in my twenties and getting asked <laughs> to go and see that movie, I freak out because I n- I was never asked, never, never in my entire life in Mexico. So I was did that asked. make you think that you were about to see something that I'd never seen before, okay. or or some movie that? Oh, I think it was R. Mm-hmm. A, a, a movie that it was rate something like I never experienced. So that freaked me out. And I obviously, I heard about the news of people fainting, people fainting yeah. and leaving because it was too graphic. And mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck is this? And I right. was by myself. <laughs> and I was like, and I remember it was only like four people there. But any, yeah, anyway, so that's the only movie that I can think of, like something that scared me or kind of put me in like, oh, what's going but on? But again, that's not from the movie's point of no, view no, no, or no, marketing point of view yeah, or even no. the cinema's point it's of view just it's just that. somebody asking you for your id yeah but it's the cinema probably point of view like you need to ask for this movie for every person what yeah, if a 60 year old person, person walks I, 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 excuse me do you have like some <laughs> conditions in your heart maybe you don't know that's what freaks me out like you start thinking you know oh, well, i didn't i didn't have raw in my list mainly because as i say oh well that's my experience but okay so what else so that's that's my horror connections okay is these Horror movies that every now and again, one will come along and try and just, like, dare its audience. And I thought, for 1931, this is quite a classy attempt at that. Mm -hmm. Just a guy just talking on screen. But at the same time, you're, like, watching it going, okay, what are we about to see? And then, as I say, the credits come up and the monster doesn't even have an actor's name next to it. And you're like, wait, shit, is this a real monster? What the fuck? In 1931, I can, in my head, I think... I can imagine this blowing people's minds. Yeah. And this is what we were going to get to. I stopped you at the start. I said, let's stop. Let's move on. And we'll come back to it. So we're going to come back to it now. As I said, in Dracula, 
you weren't a big fan of it, but again, you would sometimes throw out the idea of like, well, maybe in 1931 this passed. Well, here we are, we've got Frankenstein from the same year. And I said, that's retroactively changed Hazella's opinion yes. about Dracula. Can you tell us how it's retroactively changed? Or oh, no, I, I mean, both movies are from the same year. I did mention in Dracula, look, special effects. I mean, I can see they trying. Like, is that year? Fair enough. Look, maybe they didn't have the technology to do that. Maybe like the way they talk. The, the acting is not good, but back then everything was like, wow, I'm watching this Something thing in new. a big screen. Mm -hmm. So it matter, like, if it's good or bad, or like, it's something different. It's entertaining. Um, but by watching now this movie, Frankenstein, I'm like, okay, Dracula, you just were being lazy. Dracula is lazy. Like, you were so lazy. You didn't put love in that movie. And therefore, okay, you create an iconic character, blah, blah, gave a career of this actor, but... Oh my God, Frankenstein has everything. Frankenstein is such a better film. The Way better. Special effect. The background music or sounds. There was not a lot of music either, but there's sounds mm -hmm. that doesn't make them comfortable. Mm -hmm. Something like there are scenes in Dracula that you're like, it's just silent. They're just walking, silence up and down. Blah, blah. In this one, at least you can hear the t -t 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 -sh, a storm, like rain, wind, and, oh, and background noises are it's so good. The acting is way better. Acting is way better. The um, scenographies or whatever. I, Cinematography. No, like the, the background, like whatever they're filming. Oh, the okay. sets are yeah, 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 yeah. way better. Yeah. Uh, the characters are well uh, probably that's not but the characters are more a character they're like defined like the okay you are the lady engaged to that man mm -hmm. you are with him you are the dad you are the and the other one's like okay are you in love are you crazy are you what's what's your role in this like yeah acting was all over the place in drug like here is so good. Oh, I love it. I love the movie. Fra yes, I agreed. Frankenstein is, it, again, yes. Well I done think movie, yeah. If anyone ever in future says to me, like, oh, I watched Dracula, it was fine. Ugh, maybe maybe that passes in 1931. And you know what? Maybe it does. My initial retort will now forevermore always be, watch Frankenstein. No, exactly. Watch Frankenstein. Passed. If you think Dracula passes, watch no. Frankenstein, because it's going to blow your mind. Exactly. For the same, same year. year. Way better. So, we yeah. should say, the one thing that did surprise me about this, no Igor in this movie. Okay, no, but the there's like an assistant. The assistant is called Fritz. Oh, okay. okay. Turns out, again, maybe I should have read the novel. Who knows? No Igor in the novel. Oh, no Fritz in the novel. No assistant in the novel. There is no assistant in the novel. It's just... Victor Frankenstein, the, the scientist. Where's where Igor comes from? Fuck knows. Oh, well, <laughs> Igor comes from the third film in the series, which I said we're not going to watch, Son of Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. And then he's also in the fourth film in the franchise, Ghost of Frankenstein. Again, we're not going to watch. And he's played in those films by Bela Lugosi. Oh, really? Yes. And then in the fifth movie in the franchise, uh, which is called Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman, <laughs> Boris Karloff isn't in that one. Uh -huh. I don't think he's in the fourth one either, but he's not in the fifth one. So, Bela Lugosi is in it, but he plays the monster. Oh my god. 
And I'm just like... He's just so frustrated that he didn't play at the beginning. I'm just like, you could... This is like a fucking... You just dig a rabbit hole into someone's career and they end up playing this character that somebody else played that yeah. they played a side... It's wild. It's yeah. wild. Um, you could go down rabbit hole after rabbit hole following who played which part when and never get to the bottom of it. Oh anyway... So yeah, I was super surprised when Igor is not in it. it the guy is called Fritz. I was like, oh wow. In my head, it's just always Igor. And mm-hmm. in every cartoon, it's Igor. Yeah, it's and now there's Igor. even like an animated, is it a film or a TV show? Oh, there's an animated yeah, Igor thing. Like Igor. Thing, yeah. yeah, it's like, it's Frankenstein. It's the monster. It's Igor. And you're like, yeah. And then you watch the movie and you're like, no, it's not. And then someone's like, yeah, it's not in the book either. And you're like, what? <laughs> it's wild. I know. And it's so funny because I think... Like, in Mexico, we have this, um, like, a sketch show program. Uh, like what, SNL? Yeah, but the the sketches are, like, the same ones. Like, oh, you have the girls in holidays. You have the um, the two gossiping ladies. But mm-hmm. you have the same one, but different every weekend. Right, okay. So, one of, this, uh, one of those ones is... Like a scientist with Igor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Igor become a thing that he start doing tours by himself, like a comedy tour. <laughs> and Igor and like, oh, I went with this lady's house and they treat me so well. I was sleeping with a dog. Ha, ha, ha. Like those kind of silly comedies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He became a thing. And it was Igor. And then I do remember a few shows, like cartoons or whatever. Like if there's a mad scientist or someone, it's an ego. It's, it's always ego. Or, or, or someone yeah. that looks like with a hunchback, hum- yeah. with the eye one smaller than the other one. I don't know, something like so that. So Fritz in this movie does have a hunchback yes. or and he has a cane and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. But I was just like, as soon as they were like, Fritz, Fritz, Fritz I was like, wait, his name's not Igor? Yeah, like, that's it just funny. It blows my mind that that's just, just such, like, like it's such a public, eh, sorry, popular culture thing. Yeah. That isn't in the novel or the first movie. <laughs> Wild. Um, this is a pre-code movie, similar to Dracula, uh, which is coming back into discussion now. I don't know if you follow things on Twitter. So do you know what the Hayes Code is? No. The Hayes Code was a self-imposed set of guidelines that came in in 1934, which was basically about morality in cinema. Mm-hmm. So like, crime had to always pay. Bad guys had to always lose. Mm-hmm. You couldn't oh, okay. show... Um, Toilets. Yeah, or certain things, like, but it was like to make cinema more moral. Yeah, yeah. Um, that ends, that comes to an end sort of towards the end of like the 60s, 1968 or something like that, which is why the 70s is such like everyone loves the 70s, like with Martin Scorsese and Francis Ford Coppola, because it's like now you can have violent films <laughs> which are graphic and they don't have to be moral tales where like, yeah, okay. oh, he, he gets killed in the end. No, the bad guy can win or the bad guy, you know, you're more, much more open to things. Um, so this is before that. Mm-hmm. So there's no nothing in this story that says they have to follow a moral guideline. Okay. But it was still um, quite a controversial film for two scenes. Can you try and figure out what they might have been? And they were edited out of the film even before the Hayes Code. And they were not reinstated until the 80s. Um, I don't Are they, I like... Silly, like you would one be of them. One of them, I can sort of understand. Like people might be outraged at that. One of them is silly, eh, because it's not a scene; it's a line, it's a dialogue line. Okay, so okay, no, I don't know. Um, maybe showing the brains. I don't know. No, or okay. the or they're digging in the cemetery. No, you're being way too 
like conservative here. Think of something in this film that happens that you go like, wow, I can't believe I just saw that happen in 1931. Oh, um, the girl dying? Correct. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, when Frankenstein's monster throws Maria, the uh-huh. wee girl, into the lake and drowns her. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, that was edited out because we, people were outraged that they showed the monster killing the wee girl. So they basically show Frankenstein with the flowers. Mm-hmm. Eh, sorry, and Frankenstein's monster with the flowers. And the wee girl, and then boom, cut, move on. And we don't see what happens until Until later on when you see the dad carrying the dead body. Mm -hmm. Now, people have gone back and been like, I actually think that makes it worse because it's a mistake. He he doesn't kill the girl. Yeah, he's like, we're doing this with flowers. And they all float. Yeah, he doesn't mean to kill the girl. Mm -hmm. And then you see him panic and run away. But if you see it later on, you're like, oh shit, he just murdered the girl. Mm. I guess he just murdered the girl. Like, it becomes much more violent yeah. by not showing like, it. Like, actually, you are really mean. Yeah, because yeah, because when you show it, you see it's not intentional. Mm-hmm. His understanding is that this floats, this floats, you're going to float. And then yeah. she sinks. And you're like, fuck. And he panics. Um, the second one that was edited out was after Henry Frankenstein uh, realises that his experiment has been successful. Mm-hmm. Somebody says... Uh, in the name of God, like, oh my God, oh, in the name of God. And and Henry replies, in the name of God, now I know what it feels like to be God. In the name of God, now I know what it feels like to be God. That was cut because it was deemed to be blasphemous. So it was replaced by the sound of thunder. Ah. Just somebody claiming to be God. Or godlike, they were like, oh. "You can't say that in a movie." Um, both of those were uh, reinstated in the eighties and okay. are now basically widely available in basically every release since, which I think works better. I think that's a good line, and I think the scene with the wee girl is quite sad. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I think this movie is about someone trying to play God, trying to bring someone to life. It's life, death. Should you do it? Like, the whole Jeff Goldblum thing from Jurassic Park. Like, your scientists spent so much time thinking about if they could, they didn't bother to think about whether they should. Yeah. And that's what it is. And so you create this monster who is classed as a monster and thought of as a monster by society who has the capacity to be evil but doesn't quite understand Mm -hmm. and is maybe pushed into a corner, certainly towards the end of the film, and just panics and starts doing irrational things. Yeah. And that's where you, that's where you're, you're, you're sort of, I guess that's the story of Frankenstein is like how much of the monster is actually a villain versus society, society deems him a villain yeah. and pushes him into that. And that's what he ends up becomes a, yeah, becoming. Monster, yeah. Um, because the scene with the wee girl, it is an accident. He doesn't mean to kill her. Yeah. Um, and I think it works really well. And also the scene where, like, the assistant keeps, like, teasing him with teasing the fire. Him. Yeah, and he's like, like, oh my god. And, and then he's he murders. Mean. And he also has, like, a weapon thing, like, trying Fritz. to. Yeah, yeah. To the monster. And then you're like, he's being so fucking rude, mean, here. Like, being a dick. Oh, I love doing this yeah. to him. And, and then Fritz dies. Be, and Fritz dies. Yeah. And I'm like, bitch, you were yeah. looking for that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, he doesn't die. The monster hangs him there with the whip, whip I think. He does kill him. We yeah, don't see it. Exactly. But, but I'm you like, see his body. 
bitch, you were so being so fucking mean. He wasn't doing anything bad to yeah. you. He gets scared of the fire because he, the Fred, mm-hmm. keep like showing the fire and like ah ha 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 and laughing. Yes. So yeah, how much of a monster society made him? Exactly. But, that is the story of Frankenstein. And if we talk especially about the girl, the scene with the girl, with Maria, the scene that follows that oof. when the dad's carrying the wee girl, the body, through the town square later on, that was when I was like fully, like, I mean, I had been on board before that, but that was the moment where I was like, this is fucking 10 times better than Dracula. Because it's a big tracking shot where we follow, like, it's so much more interesting to watch. Yeah. Dracula is basically locked down in a house and it's just cutting between people talking, just back and forth, back and forth. Nothing interesting with the camera. Yeah, nothing happens, yeah. This is a fucking tracking shot showing it's a, a journey. Mark, and yeah. it follows him walk, and we don't pay attention to anything else that's going on. You see people turn around. It just feels more lived in. And I love the fact that, it, I mean, that happens during the preparations for the wedding mm-hmm. of Dr. Frankenstein and the... I don't his, know what's her name. His fiance. Mm-hmm. And there's a party and it's like there's music, people drinking, dancing, and you can hear the like in the background. And us oh, I loved it. Like the dad with the body of Maria walking and everybody starts like oh Slowly quietens down. Slowly and then you can still hear the music mm-hmm. in some parts, but after he passes that slowly like you can see the whole process how it's going re- getting really quiet. And it's really hard, the scene, I thought. I thought it, it's so personal. You can see how sad, like, with the body of the a body of girl daughter. yeah, parading mm-hmm. on this town. And everybody's like, what's going on? I thought, I was like, wow. There's, this is like a proper movie. Yes. James Whale, or whoever came up with, with that's how we're going to play that scene, actually considers... What does that scene mean to the dad? What does it mean to the rest of the town? How do they find out about it? Mm-hmm. And what is it going to lead to? Like, what is the outcome of this? Yeah. Everything in that, just that one shot. And I was just, yeah, just watching it going, oh my God. That's a proper movie. That's a proper movie. Like, yeah, it's not just like a movie, like a horror movie about a monster. No, this, it's involving a lot of feelings, a lot of like decisions in how society reacts to kind of things. Like, okay, justice mm-hmm. like are Mob you sure justice. like yes and i'm like oh god like i'm watching like something really deep here mob justice movies always make me so angry oh like yeah. they really get me. have you ever seen eden lake with no. fassbender and i can't remember the name of the girl in that there's an there's a scene right at the end that's maybe the the angriest i've ever been at horror film but it's a great like that's what it wants you to feel it wants you to be angry at the end and it's a super it's a mob justice ending and you're like, oh my god, people are so fucking stupid. I mean, I, I don't think there's a moth in this movie, but The Hunt is called The Hunt with the guy from Hannibal. There's a mob in that movie. Yeah. Okay, they want, that they one. Want, yeah. and you, but it makes you, you angry. Exactly, and you're like, you're so fucking stupid because Just you're acting. Just listen to what he's exactly. saying. And, that, and that's the whole point of this movie. That's also a great because, movie as well, The Hunt. Because, I mean, Frank says no that me. I mean, you didn't see what happened. What happened, yeah. And people and just also, reacted... It he did? didn't ask to be brought back to exactly. life. Exactly. Like, hunt the fucking doctor, maybe. Yes. Oh, and like, it's, oh yeah. So, it's deep. What a movie. That's all I can say. I, is know, I was blown really away by no, how I've, good, this is up there with, I, I, I mean, I haven't seen many silent films, and I haven't seen many films from that era, 
Like I started to get into cinema and stuff, maybe I would say sort of Hitchcock's. I've seen a few of Hitchcock's British films from like the 30s, late 30s, but really it's like Hitchcock's 50s period on. Mm-hmm. So like that's this, when I go back to like what era of cinema do I know about or have a passing knowledge on, it's like late 50s, 60s, and then 70s onwards. Like, okay, I've seen the most of the classics, not all of them, but yeah. like I've never seen Singing in the Rain. I've never seen any big, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of, uh, I've never seen the jazz singer, that's the 20s. Like none of these things really. So I was like, well, maybe Zella's right. Maybe 1931 is just not my, maybe it's not my, it's not a good year maybe it's not my, my, uh, my, my jam. Maybe it's just not going to vibe with me. And I'll try and put myself into the mindset. Okay, I gave of Dracula a shot then, and how, it didn't quite work, but yeah. maybe I just didn't try enough. Okay, I'm going to try and do the work for Frankenstein. My outtake from Frankenstein is you do not need to do the work. This movie plays yeah. today. With ease. Yeah, no, it is a really, really good movie. Really entertaining, really deep, really uh, makes you think. And the one thing that we both have said in this episode is that we watched The Invisible Man mm-hmm. and we both remember liking it. Yes. And that's the same director. So I'm like, maybe it's James Whale. Maybe I should just watch more James Whale movies. Maybe I'm, so I'm really excited to get to Bride of Frankenstein then. Okay. Because that's yeah. the one that everyone's like, that's the best one, mm-hmm. is Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, wow, okay. And you're like, right, okay, well, I've seen Frankenstein, I really, really liked it. I've seen The Invisible Man, I remember liking it. Okay, when I get to Bride of Frankenstein, I'm really hoping that I love Bride of Frankenstein. And then after that, do I go and watch more of his movies that aren't in the Universal Horror Studio? Who knows? But from what I can tell, James Whale has got it nailed down oh, to definitely. the mast. Yes. It's, Such a good movie. It's not about like, oh, it's like back then they didn't have the technology. No, no, no. This guy is like, bitch. They I could do it. Do what the I can do with what I have. The introduction of Frankenstein, the monster, when he backs into the room slowly yeah. and turns around and then the camera goes boom right in his face. It's so good. It's, it's fucking, really good. T- it's way better than, like, I liked Bella Lugosi's Dracula like on his face, but they just did it so many times. Because they were kind of like, that's the only creepy thing we've got going for us. Mm-hmm. This movie, it understands that, okay, he looks kind of creepy, but also he needs to be sad. He needs to be innocent. He needs mm-hmm. to be frightened. He needs to be all these things. Yeah. Karloff plays it off well. The rest of the cast play it off well. As you say, there is music in this film. Not a lot, but the use of music and silence is much more interesting because Dracula is just silence. Yeah. And therefore you're just like, I don't even know if this is an artistic choice or if it's just because they couldn't be bothered. This one, you're like, it is a, a choice. It is Because a choice. they have got music in some scenes. And they got it wrong, yes. No, they, in Frankenstein. No, 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 in Dracula, like, it was their choice. Like, I'm not going to put music. Girl, you did it so wrong. <laughs> Girl. So wrong. Carl Limley Jr., you got it wrong. Yeah. But you got it right this time. So, that is what we've got to say about Frankenstein, which is basically, I think, a widely considered opinion that it's fucking great. I don't know if if that's going to be a hot... That's not, it can't be a hot take. It, possi- it cannot no, possibly can't be a hot be. take. Yeah. Our next film in this franchise is... I'm trying to look. Is The Mummy. Oh, okay. I've never seen it. With Boris Karloff. Uh, I have also never seen it. But have you seen... You must have seen The Mummy from the 90s, though, with Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz. Again, I, can't, I think I confuse them with the... Um, Indiana Jones kind of stuff. Like, I don't know which one is which Well, Indiana one. Jones is like 80s. No, but it's the kind of the same 90s. vibe kind of... Like adventure movies. With the hat. Both have hats, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't remember Brendan Fraser having a hat in The Mummy. 
The mummy, we used to watch the mummy oh, all the time as a kid. And then you the got the scorpion the thing. that they put to like... The bugs go under box. your skin. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they have gold bugs and... Yeah, woo, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, Okay, yeah. Well, this is the first mummy. Okay. Like, which okay, then okay. goes on. And uh, Boris Karloff is in... The, now, as far as I understand it, potentially we're going to delve into the realms of this one might not work again because it's like the 30s and they're in Egypt and they're probably going to be quite racist about certain things. But, you know... <laughs> we'll see. I'm, I'm willing to be prepared for that. That's next in this franchise. Next in our... Just our regular movie coverage of new movies is going to be Knock on the Cabin. Mm-hmm. Knock at the Cabin. Knock, knock at the Cabin. Knock at the Cabin. It should just be called The Cabin at the End of the World because that's what the novel's called. It's a way better title. But Knock at the Cabin. Uh, I've seen it twice. You've seen it once. Mm-hmm. We will talk about it before the end of February. That's all I'm saying. Until then, gracias por escucharnos. Y hasta la próxima. Bye.